0: For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys.
1: Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to a very special episode. It's like Blossom, a very special episode that we do to build audiences, that's right. What are we going to do to build audiences? That's the theme of our very special episode, number three hundred and seventy of this old marketing for Friday, April seventh, twenty twenty three. And with me, as always, well, he's not really with me today, as he is off doing his best Ted Lasso. That's right, my friend, my pal, my colleague, Mister Joe Polizzi. How is London?
0: Yes, um, as as the <laughs> as this thing yeah. goes out. I will actually be in London, so I wonder at this That's particular right. moment in time where I'm at. I, we planned. We have been told by a couple people that if you go to Richmond and you find the bar and the and the the bench where Ted spends his time in the alley, it's not great. It's not really worth the time. But we're gonna go do it anyways. Why is that? I don't know. Why? Is, why, why wouldn't it be I, worth it? I don't it? know. I think it's because maybe
1: because it's sort of unassuming and maybe more romantically shot in the video I, and it, all that. That stuff.
0: might be. I think maybe because people, when they go into the pub, they expect to see the pub as it's is in the in the show and yeah. maybe the characters. I don't know what it is, but we're gonna do. You know, went to the Arsenal match. We're gonna go to Wrexham. We're gonna do all the European football stuff that we can. So. Hopefully, Hopefully oh, it'll the, be a blast. It's, it's supposed to. You rain. are having a it's blast, literally as we time.
1: speak. What's that? Yes, I said literally as we speak. You are having a blast. It's it is a you are going to have the greatest most fun time.
0: Well, we talked about it, and I said let's do a thing like whatever it is. So, okay, Windsor Castle and pub, and then do something else. Right, <laughs> exactly. And the pub, uh, yeah. Churchill's War <laughs> and, Room
1: and, and the museum, and pub, and then the pub.
0: That's yeah. that's kind of what I want to do because.
1: Here's the funny thing, because I, I I actually you know I've been to London since I was a kid because my of course my my mother and uh, and that whole side of my family was from Scotland, and so we would go and visit family. So I've been going to you know Scotland and 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 England for since I was a kid, and sometime around the 90s, 80s, 90s, um, the food got a lot better, um, and so the food in London is. Unbelievably good, and the pub food in London is so much better. It's really good now because so, it does get. a bad it used to be. it's
0: gotten a bad rap my entire lifetime. This is like oh, everything's sure, bland, and so you're yeah, saying that's exactly. not a thing anymore.
1: Well, it is for some pubs for sure, but but you know, but uh, by and large, pub food is now way better than it used to be. Way better than it used to be. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. We went to a pub in London. You know, of course, you can. You know, I was—I don't know—fifteen or sixteen years old, and you can drink. You know, you, they'll, they'll give you a drink. And um, I had a hamburger. And when I ordered the hamburger, and it came out, it was a kind of really dry. I mean, you know, like a biscuit type biscuit. You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And a sausage patty with nothing else on it. Right. That was that was the hamburger. It Was like a a biscuit, sort of. You know, sort of tasting bread and in between was a spicy sausage patty. It was just like, this is not a hamburger, right? But now you get a proper hamburger. Now you can get a proper hamburger in a good pub and it's, and it's really good.
0: Well, I will, uh, yeah, I will keep you posted. I'll make notes of all the things and I will report. back. There is of course some amazing restaurants as well. The show on the 14th, I'm going to do all the things I'll, I'll let everyone know the, the things you cannot miss and the things you should stay away from in London. Uh, I've been oh, to well. London, London is my favorite know. city. London
1: is really my favorite city on the on the planet. I love that city. It is the only place I would tell you, um, and my wife knows this. It is the only other city on the planet that I would actually live, other than where I live now. Oh, is it's, that right? I, I would totally live in London.
0: Oh I would my god! Totally I, live I I love and I'm envious of the transportation system
1: in London. Oh, it's you know because it is so
0: easy to get around
1: the underground
0: and the bus system even. And, uh, yeah,
1: gonna... they might argue with you a little bit on that.
0: But, well, you know, I, at the, least that's yeah. been my impression. It's relative. Um, it's a relative. Yeah, thing. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, the last time that we were there, I've been there many times on business, but the last time I was there uh, for a family holiday, we went with the kids, and my kids were infatuated with the tube, and so we had to go on every line and did all the things. And then, oh, right. we got to do the double-decker bus, and we got, so we spent a lot of time on, <laughs> on public transportation. There you go with our oyster card. So, oh,
1: there you go. Yeah, to fill up that go with oyster with that. card,
0: and here we go. Just go mosey on from pub to pub. We'll just do yeah, our thing. Yeah, so. fantastic. So, what do we have planned today, Robert? What do we? What well, we do we have a, this blossom? We
1: have episode? a fun show. We have a fun show. It'll, it'll, it'll. I don't know how long we'll go. It'll, it's one of those sort of special episodes where we'll go until we're done. Um, which you know could be four or five hours or thirty minutes. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, and so one of the things that you and I have talked about, and we get asked a lot about, is how did we build our audiences? Like, what what made the most impact on building the audiences that we have today? And, of course, you have an amazingly huge, passionate, engaged audience. My audience is beautiful, wonderful people, but it's much smaller than yours. Oh, it's a, you stop know, it's
0: it. <laughs> stop it. So That is not true. It's anyway, so the, 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 it's, it's just, just different. different. No, the, actually, a lot of them are the
1: same people, <laughs> weirdly <laughs> enough. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of overlap in our little Venn diagram. Um, but anyway, so uh, what are we doing? And we're each going to share the five most important things that made the most impact on us building the audiences that we have today. And hopefully, they'll be helpful for you, for content creators, for marketers, um as you really begin your journey or or are in the middle of your journey and what helped us and hopefully it'll help you that's the that's the goal of today
0: that is exactly the goal i'm, I'm very excited do you want me to to go first is that yeah
1: why don't you go first why don't you why don't you go first and then uh, and then i'll go second and minor you know the interesting thing is is that we shared a little bit about our our five things and yours tend to be very specific things, and mine are more ways of thinking or con- conceptual
0: ways of thinking. So I think they'll feed off of each other nicely. Good. I I totally agree. I mean, we didn't plan, but we we have a plan. We didn't. So yeah, so we did. Yeah, there's there always some like plan. Him. Might not be a good one, but but there's a plan. Yeah. Uh, so just before. I've got five things, specific things. It was actually pretty tough to narrow it down to, to just five because there's been so many influences, and but maybe we'll cover them all together. The one thing I do want to say, and I think you'll agree with this, Robert, is if when you go out on this content creation journey, if you will, it's very, very helpful if you have a specific topic and niche down on that topic as much as you can and a specific audience and niche down on that audience as much as you can. It'll make your entire life easier. I just think that just goes without saying, I think there's a lot of professionals that listen to this, that you should know that uh, maybe you'll cover some of this in yours, but I just wanted to throw that out as I get into my things, because I'm talking more about the things that the, the outputs, if you will, of, of the journey. So the first sure. thing, Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the first thing is number one, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da- is a, <laughs> a is publishing a book. I like how you gave yourself a little bit of dramatic music there. Da-da-da. This is a non-technical <laughs> podcast. Like, we don't do any of that post-production thing. I mean, I've messed up da, da, so many da. times with the musky scent. So yeah. where should I put that? It's like, it's just a lot easier to do it. So da-da-da. Publishing a book. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so I wrote... Uh, and published my first book called Get Content, Get Customers uh, with my, my friend Newt Barrett in 2008, uh, before actually you and I even met. I think we met maybe six months after that or something like that, Robert. And the book contained my idea what what I thought content marketing was and should be and how companies should approach it. And simply put if somebody wanted to know what i believed in and what my content niche was what i stood for as as a content marketer i just gave them the book and little did i know at the time that but having a book really opens so many doors and open a lot of doors for my uh content creation content entrepreneurial journey from speaking engagements to print interviews uh to podcast appearances to live webinars and the book was so successful at the time, just from a couple of promotions we did uh, individually, that McGraw Hill purchased the rights to it in 2009. And back then, it seemed important to have a traditional publisher attached to to the book. And I don't really believe that's the case today. In many cases, self publishing is, is preferred. But but since 2009, as you know, I've had my goal to write a book every two years, and I've I've kept that promise. This year, Epic Content Marketing Second Edition came out. And I I have to do another one for 2025. I don't know what that'll be, but another one will be coming out then. And I would just say, if you have a book, you start planning on your next one. If you don't have a book, really get going. You could shape it around what your content niche is and what your audience is. And if you don't have time, uh, my first three books... Uh, that were, you know, you and I did managing content marketing, which really you you put together in 2011 more than I did. But when I did my individual books, I used a blog to book strategy. And that meant every blog post or article I developed over a six month period really became a chapter. And if you plan that well, you'll have, you know, 75, 80% of a book done in half a year. So my first one is, I believe everyone should, should have something to stand for. And the best way to do that is, is a book of some kind. There
1: you go. Yeah, it's a great one. I mean, and, and it is certainly, you know, it was one of the very first things you and I did when we, when we first met. That's right. Um, was to write a book. Um, and it feeds very well into my first one, which is a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a saying that um, I actually learned from my, one of my really good friends, uh, Mike Weiss, uh, here in Los Angeles. And so my, my, my first one is, I call it use your juice, right? so And that, that's exactly what he, he, he would say to me all the time. and I, I love that advice. What it means is, is to looking at your existing relationships and whoever can help you do things to find uh, what, I, and this is my sort of interpretation of it, find your guest starring role first, right? And so for me, when I so I met you and I stalked you uh, at a conference and you and I met and uh, we went to dinner and we got on really well. And I was trying to hang out my own little shingle and build my audience and become a creator, become a consultant, become, you know, this was now this is going back to, you know, and I had a little bit of uh, of of, you know, credibility as a former CMO of a small startup company that that did fairly well, but it was really finding my guest starring role in at CMI, um, that really helped propel me to start to, you know, get the halo effect. Right. So in other words, us agreeing to do the book together and we conceived the book together, we outlined it together. And then I took on a bulk of the, the, the writing of the book, um, and was happy to do that because I got the halo effect and, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, you know this, but, but I got the Joe Polizzi halo effect and which was lovely because I started to build an audience and I could start to differentiate my thinking from yours um, and, you know, how, how it's complementary to each other, but it was finding, you know, so f- what, I, what I, my advice is if you're just starting out or it's new for you, Find that guest starring role where you can find someone complimentary who is either you're a friend with or they're a colleague or it's a company you work for or use your juice. Right. Use whatever you got. Um, You know, and what my my friend Mike would always talk about is, you know, having, you know, you you might know a celebrity or you might, you know, you might uh, have a friend who knows a celebrity. And so use your juice to get that boost that you need to get into the game. You know, get yourself playing in the game. And once you get yourself playing in the game, it's a whole different thing. And so it was interesting that, you know, I found that through you and CMI and sort of found my role there and it helped me propel me. And then, of course, the first thing we did together is write a book. So I think they go together really oh, well. Oh,
0: absolutely. It's a, I love that. Uh, that reminds me of when I was just getting started in content marketing it's back in 03, 04, really. Uh, I didn't know where to go, and American Business Media had a custom publishing committee, and I got involved yeah. in that, and I became the, the whatever, the, not the president of the committee, but I ran the committee for that thing, and that was my juice, and I used that, and, yeah. I, and that that took me to to areas, I, I don't even know without that, I wouldn't have joined the custom publishing council, and then I wouldn't have been on the board of the CPC, and then I probably wouldn't even have started the business. So it's just interesting how things yeah. happen. I love that. All
1: right. Yeah. The juice. The the juice that I was using prior to you was my CMO position, right? So I would, you know, as part of my marketing strategy, and you know, and I was doing this earnestly. I wasn't trying to sort of abuse the system or anything, but I was, uh, you know, I was as part of our marketing strategy, I would get speaking engagements, and I would, you know, we would pay for sometimes to have a booth and a speaking engagement, or sometimes I would just get a speaking engagement at a, at an industry conference. And I used that position to develop uh, my reputation as a, as a speaker uh, to basically – so I was using the juice of the company to actually get to that speaking slot, which is, by the way, how I met you, right? So then that, that sort of worked out that
0: way. What was it called? Web Content 2.0. Yeah, it was Scott Abel's event, Web right? content two point. Scott Abel, no, no, and Michael that was um, no. Event, I thought it was Michael Silverman. Yeah, yeah. the Michael, Michael Silverman's the event. Man. Yeah, That's, yeah. Boy, I'm, we're dating ourselves. Wow, it's fifteen yeah. years ago now. Okay, yep. number two. There we go. Number two, number two, two is for me speaking, and my rule of three. Uh, I've talked about this many times in in many books is platform, book, and speaking, and I believe you need all three as a content creator or a content entrepreneur, and, and sadly. There's, there's too many creators out there and, and content marketers that leave off the speaking part. You, you just mentioned a lot of this, how important it was for your career. I believe there's something about speaking in front of others that takes your content mission to the next level. I, if I had to guess over the last 15 years, I've spoken live um, in person or online 400, 500 times, maybe more than that. I can easily attribute multiple millions of dollars in opportunities to these events. And I would just say if you're not comfortable speaking in front of people, it's okay. Uh, You can start doing podcast interviews or webinars. Um, These are great ways to hone your message and figure out what topic uh, can make the most sense for for a speech. And and my, my pro tip here would be make sure your personal website has a place for your speaking that includes some testimonials and what topics you can speak on. And if you don't have one, Create something, right? Uh, create your own video, your own. It doesn't have to be overproduced. You can do something on the cheap if you want to, but get something up so you have something. I mean, it's funny, Robert, you know this because you laugh every time you see me present, but probably the last 15 years, I've been working on the same presentation. It is just, it's just a little bit different. The case studies are a little bit different, but it's all about, you know, if I'm talking to the content marketing audience, I'm just talking about, here's the trends in content marketing and what opportunities you should take advantage of. I've been doing that for a long long time. So you don't so that's why I'd say figure out what you want to talk about and then adjust to, to your audience. But speaking has been so inc- incredibly important in build and it is a real halo effect cuz once you speak and you know this cuz we just talked about it. You were on the the AI for AI writer writing thing and yeah, you you just right. you said you had tons of people connect with you after that. Just from seeing you speak at that event, and it leads to all sorts of opportunities. That I think, if it's not part of your strategy, it needs to be.
1: That's exactly right. And what I would add to that, in sort of my number two here, is really the focus is talk everywhere that will let you talk. There you go. Um, and this is, and that is, it is a hard thing to do. This is the, this is where sweat equity really starts to come into place because your immediate answer is going to be, uh, how do I get paid for this? Or how do I turn this into revenue? Or how do I turn this into, you know, a lead or, you know, or, or all those kinds of things. And so in the early days, in the beginning, you want to talk now, that doesn't mean you talk to anybody. It talks everywhere, everywhere that is smart, that will let you talk. So if they if, if and that I, I use those words specifically everywhere that will let you talk. In other words, if it, not anybody who's coming to you and saying please talk, <laughs> it's like everywhere that you want to talk that will let you, and and that is a really key piece of this because it might in the early days it might be a very small conference or it literally might be I, I can remember doing sort of chamber of commerce stuff right yep. where I would go down and talk to the chamber of Com- and there would be fifteen people in the room. And there, that does two things. One is, is that it builds your muscle for speaking. Uh, and two, it builds your network. Because somebody, it only takes one person to see you to say, ah, I, I saw you at that Chamber of Commerce thing. I want you to come speak to my team. And then when you speak to their team, that builds in somebody else who might want you to come speak at their team. Now you're starting to build a resume, right? Now all of a sudden there are logos on your uh, website that show that you have spoken at these places before. And you get better and you get better at speaking. And the key is is to have a library of things that you can speak about, you know, whether it's one keynote that you do all the time. What I would really recommend is getting to a place where you can speak, uh, you know, where you have 5 or 6 or 8, you know, and basically these can be the chapters of your book, but basically 5 6 half a dozen talks that you can give anywhere so that you can really fit in a contextual uh, setting into a lot of different places, right? So for, for me, for example, like I, I started developing talks on storytelling and on content marketing strategy and on blogging and on how to do uh, technology and how to do social media and all these things, even though, my focus was in content marketing strategy. I would develop talks that were sort of adjacent to those things so that I could turn them into, like when I would go speak at a social media conference, I can speak it into a larger content marketing perspective hmm. and, again, build that audience for those people who, you know, it may be a small percentage of the audience that's there, but there is a percentage of the audience that's there that will resonate with what you're talking about, and you just start building over time, and that builds your, email list it builds your social media presence and it builds ultimately till it does become a revenue generating idea for you
0: yeah it's funny uh i remember talking to a group at a library of four people and i was standing in front of them and i just said you know what i'm just gonna pull up a chair (laughs) yeah and i just went through the presentation and we did a little breakout thing and it, it was fine. It worked great. But that was, it's, you know, it's early. You're right. I was working on on my thing, uh, just, like, just like you were saying. Uh, work it out. It's, it's great if you if it's only for a dozen people or whatever. You could make an input. You don't know who's going to be in the room, by the way. It's, it could be make a big in I've gotten some really, really big international gigs from people that were at very small events.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you I, I you have, never know. And here's the thing what ends up happening and this is a this is part of the long game is that when you do these things there there are definitely the people who come up to you afterwards and you exchange business cards and you do the thing you know you do the handshake and oh thank you very much it was a great talk and what well, here here's some questions i have for you that's lovely and wonderful but most of the value will not be there most of the value will be 4 months later somebody will come and go Somebody sent me a video of this thing, or somebody, you know, I saw you at this thing. It I didn't talked have to any somebody else to do at the time. Recommend talk to you. somebody, you know, yeah. that, Right, exactly. It's that. That's that's so it. It is a you are seeding the well. Just look at it that way. And so every podcast you can be on, be on it. Every you know virtual event, be on it. You know, and be good and treat them all as they as if you were talking to a thousand people. Perfect. Awesome.
0: All right. My third number three. Is, yep, my third is research. Uh, now, when I started in 2007, moving from custom media and custom publishing, started started the business, what became Content Marketing Institute. My topic was, of course, content marketing, and nobody was taking me seriously at the time. Remember the early days? They're like, "What? What are you doing?" Sure, and. Yeah. I really think that a critical thing for me was inserting this whole idea of research. And there's nothing like a statistically significant research project that will position you and your content brand as an expert resource. Uh, when I started, resources and, and an audience was a problem. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have an audience. So I called and I emailed around and I found two companies to partner with. I leveraged almost like you're using the juice. I leveraged their brand their audience. I did all the work. I said, I'll do all the work on the research, but I need an audience for this thing. Would you partner? I'll put you on, I'll put your branding as part of this thing. I pulled the survey together, compiled the results, the final report. Three years later, that re- that research became the recognized research for the entire industry. And we had thousands of other websites linking to that report. Um, can you say SEO? I mean, it was amazing. And then sure. when we launched the tilt. Uh, We led with research as well. And now we're almost, you know, we're going to announce our third annual content entrepreneur research study in the next month or so. And that has had a huge impact on our business as well. And uh, I would just say a lot of times, if you have a certain topic that's not working really well, but you have an expertise driven topic, you're an educator of some kind, nothing better than research to get that started. And you don't have to do it all yourself. Find people that also care about this, that also want the research out, that could also be people that underwrite it for you and pay for it. You can do all the work, and that will help you again, put more credibility in your corner, you become the expert, and it leads to all other kinds of opportunities. Yep, that's a fantastic one, and it segues beautifully
1: into mine, which is and it's advice that I give, and in fact, it'll be advice that I'm giving at CEX um, and have given to the CEX audience before. Uh, which is, uh, I call it a market where you're going, not where you are. Um, and what I mean by that is when you're creating your content um, for whether it's your blog, your website, your research, whatever sort of content you're putting out into the world, it's very important to remember that your customers will buy from you because they're teaching, you're teaching them how to do something, but your audience will be built based on the audience you know t- influencing them about what can be in other words your your customers will buy because of your how to prowess you know, your ability to help them make a decision or help them implement a decision or help them make a, a change in their in the way that they do things and you're going to help them do that you know whatever way that is that's the way that's what they'll pay for but what builds an audience is you pulling them into the future So you've got to have some balance and find your influence in terms of being able to present the future, whether that's through having a point, you know, pulling the research and then having a point of view about what does it mean? What does it mean for your future? What does it mean for how you're going to plan your life or how you're going to plan your business or how you're going to do this? Some very large percentage of your content balance should be focused on pulling your audience into the future. That's what builds audience and then what closes audience is teaching them how to do that thing. And so that's that's just making sure that you're not only balanced on, I see I, I see a lot of speakers and I see a lot of uh, content creators get fall into the trap of always focusing on the how to, how to, how to, how to, this is how to do this, this is how to do this, this is how to do this. And A, you run out of runway because you're not talking about anything that could be, you're only talking about what is, and therefore, the people who are subscribed to you or are there for you only have use for you until you teach them how to do the thing, and then you've not provided any more utility to them. You've gotta keep them pulling along. You've gotta keep them, you've gotta talk about what's, you know, what's, what's in the future. What do you think? What are the implications of this? Where can you go from here? What's the future hold? All of those are a heavy influence in terms of what you do.
0: I love this. Uh, it makes me think of the um, Wayne Gretzky's father's quote that he says, go to where the puck is going, not where it's been. Yeah. It's the same thing. That's right. I didn't remember. But that,
1: you know, so. Go ahead. Yeah. Think about where you're going, right? Think about, and, and, and that becomes your website. That becomes your blog. That becomes your focus of your content where you're building your audience. And then, of course, there is where you are, right? And you, by the way, you may not even be living up to those expectations right now. In other words, you may be talking about a future that you don't actually do and that you're on the journey with the audience that you're on. You're like, this is where I think things are going. I'm not even there yet, right? But that's but we're on this journey together, and I'm going to help get you there. That's, the,
0: that's how you build somebody who wants to listen to you uh, ongoing. I'll give you a great example that when you and I wrote Managing Content Marketing in 2011, we had literally no examples <laughs> to show. Yeah. It was a theoretical book at the time. Uh, right, it's much different today, but that's that was a that's a great example. All right, love it. Yeah, uh, mine fourth. Uh, yes, of course. I can't do any talk on audience building without email, and uh, I got to be honest. When I started in two thousand seven, I didn't take email seriously at all. I, all the new social channels were out, big and shiny. Probably one of my biggest regrets was not starting on email soon enough. And while social fans and followers are great, right, they're not assets uh recall it rented land but email is not rented land opt-in email is it has been king queen and more for 20 plus years um an email database is ultimately a, your, your pre-customer database and if you're inclined to sell your business at some point it's something that companies could actually buy believe it or not so just a couple things on email make sure if you do an email newsletter it's original it's valuable don't get caught in the spam this is very easy to stay uh, harder to accomplish also make sure if you do something you you're consistent you show up uh, you want people to to look for receiving this uh, every time and it, and it absolutely works and of course we're, we're doing this with the tilt right now has, has for two years has been doing um, email every Tuesday and every Friday my personal newsletter the random's it been since what 19. I've got 109 issues out or whatever I've every, every two weeks for the past four years. Um, my third recommendation would be make sure that you put your call to action on everything, and your call to action can be your email. Every blog post, your podcast, webinar, speech, email, all the speeches we're talking about. If you have some kind of download that gets them to sign up to an email, that's really, really important. Uh, and and you can build your asset doing all the things that that Robert and I are talking about. so I just I know it, maybe it's it seems like everybody should know that, but I think a lot of people are still forgetting about email Robert as, as kind of the core in making this thing go.
1: It absolutely is I mean i and and I'll be the first one to admit that i've I too I mean. Really, really discounted uh, building an email list um, early on, and 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 by the way, still I'm not great at it. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly would not call myself a, a great email. Um, you know, I don't have a big. I mean, we have a very lovely and engaged community, but it's small, and um, and email addresses are are a key piece of that. But um, uh, yeah, I I, I too didn't, you know, I honestly, mine was more, uh, you know, when I think of my audience, it's it's much more these days, sort of just who's out there, right? You know, and and so what it did is it gives you <laughs> a false sense of inflation, as well as a false sense of deflation, right? You just don't know, you don't know how, you know, where you're making impact and how you I mean, email is a great indicator of helping you understand what's really what's really, you know, what's really working, right, with your audience, what's really resonating. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the, the, in, the content
0: that they're clicking on, who's opening it, yeah. who's sharing it, um, yeah. all those statistics. I are, love how
1: you know. Anne Hanley talks about that when she talks about, you know, she measures her the resonance of her email by how
0: many people respond
1: and what they respond with. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and I do that yeah. as well. Like, when I get direct responses and I always say, please email me back if I can do anything, I know when I've hit a home run, when I get 20 to 30 people yeah. immediately saying, you know, responding to whatever it was. And I yeah, love exactly that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right what's your what's your number All right.
1: four? Well, it feeds in again. I mean, it's not, We really didn't plan this, folks, but it feeds into my 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 uh, my my fourth one here, which is consistency, 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 um, and evergreen, evergreen, evergreen. Um, I made a decision, and you, you can you can say this is a right or wrong decision, but it was the right one for me, and it really has helped. I think helped me been one of the biggest impacts on building an audience is my content creation has never been really about the news. I don't, I don't do a lot of news jacking. I don't cover things that are, they're really, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the hottest take on the newest news. Now I'm doing a little bit of that now for CMI, where I do a weekly news, uh, you know, five minute video thing. But um, even that I'm, I'm not using it to build a lot of audience and, and quite honestly don't see a lot of, uh, audience building out of it. It's nice. It's a, It's more of a engaging the current audience than it is a building an audience play. What I have found is that being really consistent about evergreen content does two things. One is it allows you to reuse content. I mean, I'm every week I post on social media content that I wrote five years ago three years ago two years ago um, and people find value in it and it helps me build my subscription list it helps me build my uh, social media following and it helps me build audience and so it's just always being consistent about evergreen content so my 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 philosophy has always been i don't want to be the news i want to be what you do about the news like you know what what's the implications of the news so I'm often not the first one to start talking about stuff when stuff goes down, but hopefully, what I'm providing is evergreen content about what happened that hopefully provides, you know longer term value.
0: Love and and the consistency too, in what you do as well, is wherever you show up and wherever you write an article and wherever, Uh, care yeah you're you're the it's you like you you're not different in any different place you're very consistent in how you bring about your education i think that's important as well so it's
1: lean into it yeah lean into your weirdness right lean into your your point of view lean into your thing you know whatever that thing is you know i mean mine forever has been sort of the the geeky marketing guy right you know i'm the guy who's going to remind you that peter drucker or theodore levitt or whatever you know the history of stuff you know is i'm going to be the first one to remind you of why we should you know pay attention to our elders you know and so i've not ever been the sort of marketing hack guy right or the you know here's the hot take on this you know sort of thing you know it's like I, I, I've much more been the marketing nerd sort of idea, and it's 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 worked well for me to be that 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 consistent across the the thing. And plus, it I enjoy it more. Yep. So it's absolutely it's, it's where it's, I want it's much easier you know, where I being be yourself yeah. than
0: being totally somebody else. So yeah. All right, my final one. These are so good. So my final one is yeah. what I would call the hit list, and I would ask everybody, you know, where is your dream audience hanging out, and who are they engaging with on a regular basis? You want to make a list of these people, these these creators, these media companies. Uh, It should include bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers and and brands and competitors and whatever. And and your goal is to build a relationship with these people. And I would recommend starting by commenting and sharing their content. This is something that's been, this is not new. Doing this for 20 years and whatever the place is. Uh, get them to notice you in some way by commenting on their stuff if it's LinkedIn or, or YouTube or share their content and tag them um, because if they don't notice you, you can't build a relationship with them. Um, I've had a lot of success with this at LinkedIn, and you've got power LinkedIn users like uh, Justin Welsh or a Sahil Bloom um, who create consistent and compelling content. On a regular basis, but more importantly, what they do is they comment on their own hit list every day. That's what amazes me about these high growth content creators on these platforms. They're very active on other people's channels, and a lot of people forget that. It's not just Mm. all all content creation. We we just did a research study for on the content entrepreneur, the anatomy of a content creator, and we found that only about a third of your time is spent creating content. The other has t- done all the other things: promotion and distribution, and sales and marketing, and everything else. So, so focus on that hit list every day. And what this does is two things. First, it'll get you on the radar with your with your hit list with those influencers on that list, so they start paying attention to you, which can lead to all sorts of of wonderful partnerships. And second, you'll actually start to migrate, or what I like to call steal their audience uh, over to to become your audiences, and, and they'll become interested in what you have to say um, and on your own feed. So I would recommend a hit list maybe from 20 to 50 people slash brands. Seems to work well. It's not overwhelming. These can change depending on the information that you get over time, and then once you conquer one, you can add another one to the list, if you will, but I mean, just goes back to the day you remember when we had the, the Junta to 42 top content marketing blogs list, Robert. That was all a, an influencer strategy. It worked really well. <laughs> we had 42 of those blogs. Yeah. And I remember 26 of the people on that original list, they they took um, uh, our little widget and they put it on their website and they linked back to the top list. It was great for SEO. And the other thing is is, I would say still to this day, I'm friends with 15 of those people. And, yeah. and they didn't know me from Adam at the time. So you can do it a in very all quick... sorts of different ways, but, but it really, really works well.
1: A very quick, funny story. So when I was doing my initial stalking of you, um, I submitted my little blog at the time, which was, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 blog posts deep, um, at that point. <clears throat> and I submitted it, didn't even come close. And I emailed you I didn't even know you from Adam. And I emailed you, I don't even know if you remember this. Um, and I emailed you and said, "How do you get on this list? Like, how do I, get, you know, like how how do I get a, how do I get on this list?" After I said, send money. Your, res- your, your response to me was, "Be good, be good at what you do, right? Just be, you know, just just keep doing what you're doing and just be good at it." So, which was, you know, all right. Thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks and no thanks. Thanks, thanks. a lot, yeah, thanks, well, thanks a lot you, for that <laughs> advice.
0: You did it right because you sent me a note, and I then, of course, you, you made you made the list at some point. Uh, I did at some point. Yeah, yes, I did. did at some point. It was after you and I met. Yes, after, I couldn't. And, I couldn't and, put and, you in right away because I'm like, oh, I just I can't right, make it easy. Course. He just sends me an email. Yeah. I'll put him on the <laughs> list. I probably. Let, I, I made you wait a quarter.
1: That's right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so god. Um, I love that. I love that. It, that that hit list. And, it, and again, I, I, funny enough, that it, it, it segues nicely into my fifth one, which is, <clears throat> you know. Um, So what I often say to people is exposure doesn't pay the rent, but it does help you find an audience. And there's a lot of thrash for about the idea of exposure. And, you know, you get these, you know, I want to pick your brain or I want to do this or I want to do that. And the immediate answer for us is, yes, of course, uh, what we do, you know, our talent, whatever it is we're selling, whatever it is we're monetizing through our thoughts and our creativity is valuable. But sometimes exposure is good, and what I mean by that is, is that pick your pick your poisons. You know whether it's your hit list. Um, I tend to, you know, for example, I will often have a not often. Let's just say it's frequent enough to be notable. Um, a CMO uh, and and, and, a, and a notable CMO or a notable VP or a notable uh, influencer uh, in a, in somewhere completely different, and they'll reach out to me because they want to know about something or get my take on something or, you know, set up, set up a phone call and I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do my work, which is consulting and marketing strategy and all those kinds of things, and bend their ear for uh, an hour or two hours or even a full project in some cases. And what you're immediately doing is you're building in your, a, a super fan who can help you reach other people. Um, and they will, you know, so building this network, and I've got a few people that I've known for, you know, 10 years. And the first thing I did with them was say, you know what, let's let's just get you sorted. Like, let's just do a project together, and I'll, I'll help you do what you need to do, and it'll come back. The, you know, the karma will come back. And it does. It absolutely does. So devote some of your time, your mark, what you would call consulting or your thought leadership or your expertise or whatever it is you do, devote a particular segment of time to doing it for people that you really like, that you really admire, or that are in a particular position to give you exposure to a bigger and broader audience. I did this for a CMO of a Fortune 500 company um, at one point and they were like hey i want to pay you for your time i want to get you i said nope i said it'll be more of a hassle for you to do a you know a very small po and do all the things that you need to do then let's just get the work done let's get the work done and and do the thing together and we did we did a very small project i did it for free and i, I said and uh, he said how, how am i going to pay you back and i said you, I, I said you'll find a way you'll 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 just be my friend you know you'll you'll be a colleague right and we'll just do stuff and it has, and that I mean, he's referred me to more clients than I can tell you, you know. And so it's been, it's been an amazing. So find that that's content marketing too.
0: Love that, absolutely. And I think that when you're early in your audience building journey, do as much of that stuff as possible. I think when you yep, get later exactly. in your journey, you have to start saying no to some things. Of course, but that yeah, makes you got to do anything.
1: That's with anything. It's it's it do it consciously. Yeah. That's the point. Is is that you do it if you do it consciously. You're not overextending yourself and you're not, you know, and don't let anybody obviously abuse that relationship. But the point is being, you know, is to make time for it because demonstrating your value to someone who can help you, uh, you know, articulate that value or build your audience is a, is a, is a critical thing. And it's just, you know, it's a nice thing to do and you're doing good. You're doing the thing that hopefully you love doing and you're doing it for someone that you either admire or can help you or, you know, et cetera. Love it. Awesome. Well, this was fun. This yeah. was, I hope this, this was, was totally fun. I
0: thought, hope this was helpful to, to people. Um, I really
1: hope so too. Yeah, I hope <laughs> it's not a just big a bunch waste, of nonsense, it's a big waste of 42 minutes. minutes of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Uh,
0: All right, well you're in
1: London but then what happens when you get
0: back? And then we're no, we're, we'll be on on regular, you know, we'll be back to
1: <laughs> regular. Reg- you don't have a, such a thing as regular. There is no regular with you. Well, be,
0: well, well let's say the plan is is that next <laughs> Friday everyone here will listen to a new news episode. Unless that's of course I have something else to do.
1: Right. Unless you got a cruise to go on or you gotta to go to a
0: soccer game yeah, or I think I might have my golf trip. So we'll be recording early, but there I still you can record. Isn't that crazy? That's <laughs> terrible. People probably think I don't work at all. And maybe that's true. Uh, I don't, know. Something don't like, know. What do you got We don't do you got we don't going know. on? Um, you know, we're I'm I am fi-
1: in the final, final, final uh, closing elements of my content marketing university class and kicking off a couple of new big projects for clients um, so uh, happy to be there and and honestly getting ready for cex right? right i'm starting to think CX. about that what events. i'm going to talk yep. about and people yeah, sign
0: great. up we want to see you there absolutely come join us yeah. it'll be fun Fan- super yeah, fun
1: fantastic all right For all of you, thank you so much. Hope this was valuable. As always, our little special episodes are periodically done where we can sort of hopefully add a little value and not just talk about the news. But until we see you next week, and of course that will be a regular scheduled episode with news, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.